Gentlemen, welcome to Louisville's Best Podcast, a podcast about all things, nothing, and everything in between. My name's Tim, and I am joined by four of my closest friends. Yes, Aaron, even you. And we are so excited to be talking tonight about dystopian futures. But first, let's see how everybody's doing. First off, John, how are you, sir? I'm tired, man. I'm tired. (laughs) We've been under an accreditation audit for this week, and mm-hmm. it's just been insane. Mm-hmm. Been working, I don't know how long. Yeah. That's all I got tonight. Um, out of all of the movies and TV shows that you've seen, if you could wield one sword, what sword would it be? <sighs> wow. Can it be any edge weapon, or does it have to be a sword? Sure. <sighs> Swords, probably the one that, uh, and I don't, it doesn't have a name, it's just a sword, but probably the one Michonne uses in uh, The Walking Dead. Nice katana. Yeah, nice ninja katana. Blade. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice, can't that's a nice sword. Can't go wrong with one of those. Aaron, how are you, sir? I, I'm doing pretty good, Tim. Aaron, what sword are you unsheathing? <laughs> uh, I'm going with the uh, Sword of Omens from uh, Thundercats. Oh, that's a good yeah. one. I think I if I get lonely, I can send up the cat signal and see if Chitara is available. Thunder, you know. thunder, <laughs> thunder cats. Oh. oh. All right. That sword even grows. All right, Charlie. How are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, Timbo. How are you? Good. Charlie, what sword would be your weapon of choice? Or edge blade? The uh Kurgan sword from Highlander. Mm. That's a good choice. I, I probably couldn't even spikes move. that came out. I couldn't even lift that sword. I'd be like dragging it behind. Me. Happy Halloween, ladies. That's good. That's good. Uh, Brian. Yes, sir. How are you, buddy? Solid. Yeah. Doing good. All right. Let's hear it. You know what the answer is. Do I? Sword of Grayskull. The Sword of Grayskull. I got an honorable mention too. By the power of John. What is it? John? We'll hear yours first, so I don't take it because y'all be like, "Oh, it was mine." Go ahead, let's hear it. Uh, blade sword in the first one, where the guy's like, "This is your pig sticker," and he's like, turns the knob and it explodes, his yeah. hand blows like off. It's yeah, like that's, DNA. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the best ones. Yeah, it's good. I mean, honestly, give me a lightsaber. Let me oh. just, you know, it's not really a bladed weapon, though. Is it? It's a sword, though. He said okay, sword. sword. Okay, it's I'm sorry. Sword. Okay. Yeah. Parameters check. I mean, yeah. I would kill myself for so our, quickly with a lightsaber. <laughs> or, or dismember. For our original listeners, going all the way back to episode one, parameters are very important on our show in order for us to set the proper expectations. Right. So before we get way into the weeds tonight, let's talk about the good, bad, and ugly of this week. So first off, guys, let's hear the good. Brian, what's yes, good, man? Oh, man, what is good? I had a great night in class the other night. It yep. was fantastic. It was a really great moment. We did a really cool exercise. So, like, that was great. Did they all stand up on the desk and be like, oh, Captain, my captain? <laughs> mm, no, not quite. But they were very appreciative of, okay. of the exercise we okay. did. So. That's good. That's good. Uh, the bad, though, was that I was I'm basically two I'm hours late there, to come here tonight that's to fine. my own house. So that's fine. That's, that's all right. That's what it's all about. Um... <laughs> Charlie, let's hear the good. Um, honestly, I'm not being facetious. I get to watch uh, John and Carla's dog this weekend. I'm so excited. Oh, Margot is equally the dumbest and sweetest dog of all time, <laughs> and I love her to pieces. Uh, it's going to be two days of her just panting in my face, and I can't wait. Cannot wait. We'll have to give you the the um, the brushing gloves. 
because she loves gloves. the brushing gloves, and we haven't got a chance to brush her yet. She's molting. Aaron, that's good. That's good, Aaron. Uh, try to think of one. Um, let's see. Uh, one good thing in your life, Aaron? Well, I just I got distracted in while we were doing good, bad, the ugly. I'm like, oh wait. Uh, I'll come back to you. Come back to me, please, right, please. John, let's hear you're good. Eight days of school left. No, yep. Eight days of school. That's the good this week. School. We are um, the official countdowns on the board, and uh, yeah, and and three of those are only half days. So yeah, we're we're. We're ready That's to good. get out. It's good stuff. So really, like six and a half. Days. Yeah, six and a half. Aaron, coming back. That was quick. <laughs> um, I'll say uh, I'm curious about the future of the Marvel universe after the Doctor Strange movie. So that's, I guess, that's kind of good. I, I can see where they're going. With some stuff that okay. might be exciting. Ladies so. and gentlemen, let me let me lay out the good. Ready? Okay. Today is Friday the thirteenth. We are officially. Six days away from the re-release of the Mexican pizza from Taco Bell. Oh, okay? yeah. Six days away. We have to thank Doja Cat, evidently, for getting it back on the menu. But uh, it was a, thank her daily. a staple of Aaron and I's teenage years, 20s, even the 30s. And then it disappeared. But in six days, May 19th, it's back. So I used to go to Taco Bell every day during lunch to get Mexican pizza. And one day the lady at the window said, you know, we have other things on the menu, right? Wow. So, wow. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, did, we you, got... did you say to her, yeah, and you know there's other places you can work too? Leave me alone. Wow. My pizza. Brian already dropped his bad that he was late tonight, <laughs> which evidently has got him in a mood. Salty Brian. That's right. <laughs> and I haven't even cut my hair yet. Charlie, anyways. what's bad? This what's weekend, bad? I... Have to get harassed by John and Carla's cat. <laughs> yeah, I, think I think I've described this before, but real quickly, this cat thinks that I brought the dog to their house because he he used to love me to pieces, get my lap, he purr. Now he just hisses and bats at me. He will ninja across the the house at my feet. He will lay on my bag and hiss at me when I go to get something out of it. Like yeah, he. It's not just the hiss itself. Uh-huh. He's a he's a rather loving cat, but he hates Charlie. And let's see, he used to, I really think that he thinks that I brought the dog. Yeah, he, he has a he has a picture of Charlie in his litter box. He goes there and takes big dumps on. Him. He can, just can't stand him. And the thing about him is, is this: is he's solid black, so you can't see him. I mean, it's the best at night when I go up, get up to go to the restroom, and he's just <laughs> laying in wait. <laughs> he likes to lay on the rug on the hallway, and he just dares you to step on him. He, step on him. He just wants to be stepped on. John, what's bad? Oh my goodness! Audits are bad. I found that out this week. Man, they they were like, okay, uh, the school's all the way back to October. They were like, okay, yeah, school audit. Our accreditation's up, and we have till Christmas to get a self study done, and then they'll be here in May. And it's like that sounds like a lot of time, but when you got to put together a goes fast, yeah, like a four hundred page self study, and yeah, it's been a it's been crazy the last few weeks. I mean, it's just been nuts. And uh, you know what they say about self studies? What make you go blind? Aaron, what's what's bad? <laughs> uh, so my good was the Doctor Strange movie. I'd also say the bad is the Doctor Strange movie. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I uh, my bad is okay. I don't have a wood house. I have a brick house. I don't have siding anything. A woodpecker has been pecking on my house early in the morning. 
That's nothing, and, Tim. And it's just like, will you knock it off? It's brutal. I, I have a bird that sits out my window from about 12 a.m. to about 4 a.m. singing nonstop. So I, <laughs> it just, it just gets one of those. Is it, <laughs> is it no, one of those gackles? Like it's, it's like a car alarm. You know, it changes like every five seconds. That's what the bird does. He changes the tone every five seconds. Well, why don't you go out there and take care of it? I'm tempted to. Yeah, There's a cat too. next door. I don't know why the cat doesn't deal with it. Maybe he's their friends. Maybe. <laughs> and finally, yeah, Aaron, the bird's got to go. What? I don't know if you're going to give the Doctor Strange answer, but uh, what's weird or uglier? Oh, that would have been good, but uh, we've had the, the flu has struck our house this week, so it has not been fun this week, so... I would have gone with that being your batter, not a Doctor Strange movie. But <laughs> Brian, what's weird? What's going on, man? The weird feeling that you get when you're driving from Louisville to Evansville or Evansville to Louisville, and you literally feel like you've seen the same stretch of highway for yeah. two hours straight. And it's, it's like, like that's ugly. I feel like I've already been through here before. So, but, and know. like you're on I-64, but you wind up in a small town. You don't know why. Yeah, and there's pictures of Santa Claus on the way, and yet you never see Santa. Like it's yeah, really it's, weird. It's you weird. know, when we drive from Florida or from Kentucky to Florida down 65, there is this one particular curve that I remember we got stuck in traffic on a men's trip. On the bus, and I, every like every like ten miles, I'm like, oh, this is the this is the curve, and then every ten miles, I'm like, no, this is that the- this is the curve, and yeah. then it's like, Argh. there's that stretch between Bowling Green <laughs> and Chattanooga, yeah, that is just nothing. I mean, there's nothing there, and then you get another stretch from um, like Cave City. To Louisville, that's yeah. the same way. It's just Besides nothing. Dino World when I left whatever. Evansville, I was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm gonna stop at a McDonald's and I'll grab a Diet Coke on the way home for the ride." I did not realize that, like, from Evansville, the next McDonald's was going to be like 68 miles away, and it was like one night, one day we were down there. We went Bowling Green because yeah. we were down there on the farm, and we decided we're just going to drive home. I told Carlos, I'm not getting on 65, so we took Dixie Highway. We we got on 31W and drove all the way home on 31W, which is which was a lot more scenic. It was yeah. that 72 thing. traffic lines, but it was worth <laughs> it. was. I mean, you got to see a lot of... At least of, you got a food options. Yeah, some gas at least stations. you got to see a lot of cool a lot of stuff. Diners. But if you don't have a Bucky's, you need a Bucky's. It's in Richmond. Yeah. There's one in Richmond. Kids were talking about those the other day. Bucky's. I've been to a Bucky's. I've never been to one. Aaron's got one down Bucky's there Bucky's are legendary house. from what I've been told. Got yeah. a couple down here. You got yeah. a couple people at work who are like obsessed with Bucky's. I'm going to have to go to a... It's just a big gas station. I'm going to have to drive. No, don't be saying that I've stuff in my to office, it. Tim. I've been no. to it. Charlie, what's ugly? <laughs> Bucky's. Um, <laughs> well, I discussed it earlier. I don't want to mention it on the podcast. <laughs> okay. It was um, uh, pre-podcast. Yeah. Um, That's for the Patreon subscribers. Right. Okay. Um, the fact that everything from Doctor Strange has been spoiled already. I'm not, John and Brian haven't. Have we haven't it. seen it. I know. I, I'm not. I'm not going to spoil yeah. it. But I mean, I've seen so many things on so many places, not looking for it. Yeah. You know, I'm. I'm usually guy yeah. that seeks out things to mm-hmm. know that if they're crappy or not because of what the village did to me. <laughs> but on this one, yeah. I wasn't. I was like, I haven't seen the first Doctor Strange. Um, it's kind of. It's in there with. Solo and all the new Spider-Man movies, I just want to watch them. I just don't have enough attention to watch them. But I will say, though, if somebody was going to spoil the movie for me, I would want it to be Charlie. Charlie, I will say, I went and saw the movie last night. Yeah? It's a little bit of a mess, in my opinion. Um, I I was looking at times on it, because I was thinking about going sometime this weekend, and... It's only two hours. It is only is two hours. It's surprising because most movies these days are seven and a half days long. The part that you're spoiled on 
is by far the way best part of that movie. Um, and it worth going to see that part. Oh, I understand that. I'm not. I'm not. But I just. I shouldn't have to avoid everything to I avoid agree. people. I being, mean, it's being everywhere. Faces. Um, so I was in a uh, like a Johnny Depp Amber Heard live stream, and there's the someone in the chat. My life. And someone was just in the chat just screaming Dr. Strange spoilers nonstop. I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm like, this has nothing to do with Dr. Strange. Shut and up. It, and it was me. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so on me. that note, Aaron perfectly segue into where we're going. Because what Aaron was just doing, I'm sure at some point, is predicted in a dystopian novel. Watching the actors' lives on live stream. So tonight we're reading a ranker article called Times Dystopian Novels Predicted Real Life Events. Now, I must take a second and go to our professionals of Charlie and John. Now, <laughs> dystopian future is different than post-apocalyptic future. Yes. And please define it for us again. John? No, or Charlie. Charlie. Charlie's. So, to, to boil it down, dystopian is the antithesis of utopian. Utopian is where everything is perfect, everything works well together. Dystopian is that everything is broken. Uh, it's still a functioning society, but it doesn't uh, doesn't benefit anyone but people at top. Um, so kind of similar to where we're at right now. Post, post-apocalyptic is the lack of any centralized government. Dystopian is nothing but centralized government. And post-apocalyptic is usually after some sort of, well, it's actually both, but um, post-apocalyptic is... is Right after a disaster, whereas dystopian is where the government has taken over after a disaster, whether they created it or not. Right. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. First off, Fahrenheit 451 predicted the scourge, that is what Aaron just described, reality-esque TV. Uh, real people sometimes come home, hop into a chair, and then watch television shows all about the lives of other real, somewhat deplorable people. That is entertainment now. We sit... We watch other people's lives and we ignore our own for a bit. Does that sound familiar? If you've read Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit 451, you bet it does. You see, in this novel, everyone watches something called The Family. Basically, several walls of your home are screens that show the family and their trivial little problems so you can indulge in some escapism for a while. What's weird is that Bradbury predicted this kind of escapism TV back in 19. 19- 53 before any of the Kardashians were even born. So another thing, and, and I didn't breathe deeply into the whole article, but uh, about Fahrenheit 51, you know, one of the things that's more shocking about the book is that, and even when I read it like 15 years ago, shocking that TVs the size of your entire wall. Yeah. And people taking out massive amounts of debt to buy these giant TVs. And now it's, that's a, it's not, Necessarily debt because you can buy a forty-seven thousand-inch TV for a hundred bucks on Black Friday. He was, you know, he was definitely a futurist. He definitely had that yeah. that down. All right, next one. Tinder is easy, but it was even easier in Logan's Run. Um, Logan's Run. Logan's Run. Is that the one with Schwarzenegger where he's in the game show on the run? No, no. it's the Running Man. Oh, no. it's Running Man. Which one's Logan's Run? Logan's Run, where they have Carousel, where they where, where you where you where you go into the carousel at like age twenty-five. And if you make it out, you're supposed to get, go to this utopian paradise. But the the crutch of the matter is, is that nobody ever makes it out of Carousel. Gotcha. Because at a certain age, you're they're going to kill you. Like nobody lives past a certain age. I can't yeah. remember what it was. Like, it's like thirty or twenty five. Yeah, or it's twenty five or thirty. Yeah. I can't remember. Okay. In, I like the movie though. The in modern cool. culture, yeah. 
Sometimes we don't have time for dating, so we turn to apps like Tinder and Bumble for assistance. However, we weren't the first to do that. In the novel Logan's Run, people don't really get married. Instead, if they need some creature comforts, they would use a computer to find someone they wanted to. Then, (laughs) if the other person was up for it, they'd meet up and they would get busy. This prediction of casual dating technology comes from 1967. They bring, I just use the sword of omens to call Chitara. <laughs> we know, we know. Well, they bring that up in the movie. I mean, they—they—it's a big point in the movie because that's how he meets the—that's the plot point. He meets this woman through this. Sword doesn't want to die through this. Yeah, and she talks him into. I believe that's the way it goes. I've spent a long time since I've seen it. You're correct. And she talks him into you know that all this is just a it's just a farce. This is all this is not reality. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing as the utopianism. The carousel just kills everybody. And that's kind of what they come to. It's okay. it's it's a it's a really good movie. It's very similar to uh, uh, Soylent Green, which I'm sure is on there. But it's people, uh, it's made Soylent Green is people. <laughs> it's, it's people. people. Uh, but you were expecting, you know, the the government or higher ups or whatever you call them have portrayed this beautiful thing that happens at a certain age, and then to come to find out, it's just them slaughtering people. Slaughtering. Okay. We currently live under 1984 style surveillance. Who needs privacy anymore? 1984 certainly thought it was valuable and made it that point by showing a dystopian society in which we were watched all the time, no matter where we go, what we do, by an overseeing power called the Big Brother. The thing is, this was written in 1949, before the days of home surveillance, airport cameras, and literally everything else we now have in our daily lives. No matter where we go, there are cameras all over the place. Now, whether Big Brother's always watching you depends on who you ask. Yet again, Orwell totally called it. He, um, I think he could see the future. I think he was a prophet of, some, of, of something. I mean, because the guy, guy nailed it. I mean, down, right. to the, down to the ideas of pitting us against each other through war and and, and these made up these made up conflicts creating a false resistance yeah um, double speak I mean our politicians either side completely and utterly lie to our faces have it on on recording and then that's not that's not what I meant when well I but even that. even it's so influential 1984 is so influential even in our society today is this new thing they're taking out that the the um i can't remember exactly what they're calling it through the office of homeland department of homeland security i mean pundits are calling it the ministry of truth you know and it's an orwellian thing this idea that the government's going to tell us what is truth this news isn't true but this is true because we say it's true false news yeah news the scary thing is everything in your house is like everything is a smart project. Smart appliance is listening to you. <laughs> you don't know what exactly they're all doing with the data. I know a lot of it's like you know picking ads to target and stuff, and it's just it's just freaky. Well, I love the back to double speak. I love the argument that like oh well, Amazon Prime or Amazon Echo devices, Alexa devices are not listening to you. How do they hear you call their name? Amazon just gets me, Charlie. You yeah. don't understand. Well, same Google. It's not listening. You have to speak to it. It's not like you have to push a button and then you can speak to it. You, it's listening all the time because it has to be to respond to you. That's true. I knew I knew we were in a parallel universe one time when I was at the mall. I was in a sporting goods parallel store universe. and I went in. That's and strange. 
there was backpacks I was looking for. I looked at the backpacks, never took my phone out of my pocket, walked out of the store, went and sat down, opened up my email, and there was a ad for those exact backpacks from Amazon. Mm-hmm. I knew I was in trouble when that happened, and it's just it just creeped me out so bad. Location data, but look at us all. Look at all this. Yeah. <laughs> we are. Slave, I'll have you know, Brian will have his phone out. Machine. That's right. that was my favorite thing about the whole. I don't want to get the vaccine because they're going to chip me as I type this on my cell phone mm-hmm. that I pay every month to be tagged and tracked. <laughs> well, in the early two thousands, like when I worked at Humana, one of the young ladies that we interviewed, she had a degree in merchandising and had worked for. Um, well, I won't say who the company is, but big name company here, um, and was making it a point like you know how back in the day when you would go to check out like they would always like make sure your clothes were scanned on that scanner so that it wouldn't beep or whatever when yeah. you go out. it was actually in the tag it actually is activating the chip and it could track the geofence around the mall so it would know what other stores you went to and that data was being filtered back to the home office so they could say oh you know what when people come to our store you know 40 percent of the time they go down to bath and body works we should do something with bath and body works <coughs> Every time they come to the sample sample, they have to go get an Annie's pretzel. That's right. So we need to get some <laughs> cheese sauce in here. Oh, clothes that smell like pretzels and cheese sauce. Let's sample, like. sample. Stand on Zanzibar. Creepily predicted many aspects of our current society. This novel may have been written in 1969. Hey, y'all. But it had some Nostradamus-esque powers. The number of things this book predicted about modern society is astounding. It predicted school shootings, China being an economic power, the European Union, Viagra, Detroit's poverty, laser printers, on-demand TV, hookup culture, and even electric cars are all in Stand on Zanzibar. And there's even more similarities if you want to click this list, which we don't. The only thing it didn't seem to predict accurately was widespread eugenics. So let's hope we don't see that aspect any soon. It's one I've never read. I, I don't even know one. what Stand on Zanzibar is. Yeah, I, I never heard of it. Read now. I think I'm about Zardoz at first with Sean Connery. That's exactly Cypher. what I was thinking. I was the thinking, red thing. I was thinking Xanadu with Olivia. Yeah, <laughs> Xanadu. Yeah. Well, that might be. You said it's called man. Stand on Zanzibar. Stand on Zanzibar. Zanzibar is an amazing pool. Uh, uh, ping pong, not ping pong, pinball bar. I should say. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, I don't know this next one either. It may not be Soma. But we are on drugs similar to those in the Brave New World. Yeah, Brave New yeah. World's a huge book. By Aldous Huxley. Yeah, that's... We don't exactly have group therapy the same way it showed in this novel, but we do help ourselves feel better in a rather similar way. In the book, there is a drug that elevates moods and keeps people blissfully unaware of their own miserable circumstances called Soma. You know, maybe I am familiar with this because yeah. I remember Soma. Well, Soma but... is a drug. It was a popular drug for... Uh, wrestlers took it a lot of times. Really? If you've seen any documentaries about wrestlers in the Maybe 90s. that's what it was. Yeah. Given that many people nowadays use mood-elevating drugs both out of necessity and recreationally, Huxley's predictions were pretty spot-on, and he published his book back in 1932. Yeah, that's... Uh, Brave New World is one of those... Um, it's a brave it's a, new world. It's a cornerstone of dystopian literature just like uh, 1984 is or Fahrenheit 451. What? It's one of the big ones. Aldous Huxley was more a proponent of his dystopian future than the other people were. His was like, this is actually a good idea. Whereas Orwell and was trying um, to warn people. Bradbury were like, no, this is not a good idea. Yep. I guess. All right. H.G. Wells predicted atomic bombs with distressing accuracy. 
H.G. Wells really seemed to have a knack for predicting the future in his work. Perhaps the creepiest one, however, is his prediction of the atomic bomb in the world set free. In 1914, Wells wrote about bombs being dropped from planes, and these bombs would be uranium-based grenades and would explode indefinitely. He didn't know how right he was, especially considering that he died only a year after the real atomic bombs were first dropped. It makes you wonder how he felt about his eerily accurate depiction of the future. I've never read that one. I read, um, I've read uh, War of the Worlds. Which is mm-hmm. another one of those that's amazingly time machine. Yeah, the time machine's good too. But I never read. I've never read the. Can you imagine the uh, the whole uh, reading of the War of the Worlds back then that caused the panic? <laughs> if we had something similar now. Kind of crazy. Well, don't, don't didn't put, we have something similar when they accidentally sent out that text message about the nuclear attack in, in Hawaii, Hawaii, Hawaii yeah. and all that, and yeah. yeah. Well, whoops. Kiss it goodbye, folks. <laughs> Cybercrime and hacking was predicted long before Anonymous ever existed. Back in the 80s, when the internet was still really forming, one man had a pretty good idea of what sorts of havoc its existence would spawn. In his novel Neuromancer, William Gibson talks about hackers, games like Second Life, and Cybercrime way before any of these things actually existed. What's more is that he used the term cyberspace in his novel, which is a term we ended up adopting and still using today. Yeah, but see, I think that's maybe a chicken and the egg thing. It's which one came of the, first? Well, I mean, you know, he used cyberspace, and so somebody used who was cyberspace. familiar with his work used the term oh, cyberspace. Right I mean, that's that's my take on it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's, that's any prophetic right. view. Um, this one is we love our digital media, even if it's after 2001. When thinking about the future, Clark must have assumed that newspapers and media that existed back in 1968 would still exist in some form today. Well, he was absolutely right. Today, we consume digital media on digital tablets, just as characters did in the novel. We watch people on portable TVs in the forms of laptops and phones. And while paper newspapers may be on the decline, news and events are spread virtually. Now, John, let's just focus on not creating how. Well, that's that's already in the works. I was about to say that's too late. <laughs> yeah, that's that's already in the works. There's nothing wrong with Hal. I mean, that's. I mean, everybody kind of makes him out to be like the bad guy. He was, he was just trying to save himself, man. I mean, come on, you can leave Hal alone. Uh, the uh, the movie I Robot is that the one with Will Smith? Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that the one based off to Android Dreams of Electric Sheep? Yes. Okay. No, no. It's not? No. I thought uh, it was. No, iRobot is, is iRobot. Is it? Is it? Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, that's uh, Philip K. Dick. Uh, Android's Dream of Electric Sheep is uh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. There you go. Yeah. They might not pass a Voight-Kampf test, but humanoid robots are here. Replicants in Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep are a serious problem, but they're not quite fully human and are still robots. Lucky us. We have we are on our way there too. In fact, we even have humanoid robots, some of which are close to passing the Turing test, a test that measures whether a robot can think like a human. Is that true? It's kind of frightening. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at I mean, but look what like Boston Dynamics. Oh, is doing. those robots yeah. I mean, are petrifying. About, yeah, you're talking about something that when you got a robot who can carry a, a machine gun and open the door. <laughs> I mean, come on, you're not talking and dance. Yeah. And dance. <laughs> And then they show them, and then and then the and problem is with hockey sticks. Well, and that's and the whole problem with this. Okay, Leave let's them alone. let's explore this because at some point when AI does become sentient, they're going to look around and, and they're going to oh. see these videos they, of these guys kicking these kicking these dog robots, and they're going to be like, "No, uh, uh-uh. uh, 
<laughs> no, it's got it now. I mean, because it's because engaged dog. Look dogs. at you done. Look at you done. Yeah, no way. Uh, and those and those like pack mule ones, like the army uses and stuff. Now is like insane. That's just no. It just like you can see it coming down the road. We're it's we're gonna laser. Beam. It's gonna be robots, not zombies. I can't wait to get a robot. I can't wait dog. for the sharks with the laser beams. That's what I'm looking forward to. No, the if we if we ever go out, if we ever go out, it's gonna be because of the robots. <laughs> The zombies are not going to take it's us. The out. robot dogs. It's ro- well. I mean, but the robot dog gonna have a gun. Unless the robot dogs create an army of zombies by biting us. No, they don't and bite. They just shoot us. you. They don't no. need you anymore. No, they yeah. will. They don't need you. They have the. Somebody's got to still walk look, and take them out to the I bathroom, for John. One. They gonna do it themselves. They open door. No, I no, want a robot no. dog. It doesn't shed. It doesn't bite. I don't want any animals. I can any punch form it of with an a animal. hockey stick, no. evidently. <laughs> Scooting across the floor. No, no. Brian, Brian doesn't bark. Brian would get the only one that just comes in here and barfs. Yeah. Does, it, does it chase I'd be like, off There's a short circuit in mine here. Right? What's wrong with mine? It's, uh, I mean, come on, guys. You gotta get. I mean, I bought this. it off eBay for a discount. But, but see, still. that's the. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get the Wish version. No, the DH Gate version. That's <laughs> right. the one you need. But see, that's the problem. Is the you all looking at and you're like backwards? And you're all, and look, you're all saying. <laughs> John's like, this is happening next. Guys. Week. No, but you're all like, oh, robot yeah, dogs. it's a dog, John. No, that's how they get you no. because yeah. it's like they, you put like our robot. Okay, they had the real little happy faces on it, and Will Smith did Those the truth. faces were Will not Smith happy. Will Smith did yeah, the would, truth. Yeah, that, that kind of creeps and me then, out. And then after they had everybody, everybody went to sleep on these things, their chest turned red, and they start beating people's windshields out. If they would have just given them Vicks Vapor Rub, they would have been fine. <laughs> I'm telling I just you. Pulled up, I just pulled up the Boston Dynamics <laughs> YouTube channel. There's a robot running and jumping over logs or yeah, one exactly. running a course like a ninja warrior course just running it just fine yeah. like what the heck i mean and okay how many how many bullets is it going to take to stop that thing you know more than you got because it can dodge aaron has sort of omens that can cut through robots yeah. <laughs> Okay, you I'm gonna skip mark a, my words, fellas. I'm skipping, I'm skipping up. But, it, but if you just make a giant ones. pit and it falls in the pit, it can't get oh, out. But it'll climb true. out. It'll have no, a jet no, pack. No, no, oh, now, now, wait, now we got now jet we got pack jet robots. Packs, John. You all don't Have you watched the Jetsons too much lately? No, no. Oh, tell mock me, it's me gonna now. Be <laughs> mock me now. But in five years, when they're beating down your door. And somebody's watching our YouTube channel that they come across finally, and they're going to be like, these guys had it figured out. And they'll be doing a podcast of our prediction. No, what will happen, though, see, is because they'll be like, the robot's Killing everybody, and there'll be a knock on Brian's door, and he'll look down and he'll be like, <laughs> but it's like dog robot. He's like, Oh, it's a dog robot. Bam. That's exactly what I would probably do. Brian yes. shot a it's dog? like, No, the dog would what? be coming after you. Oh, the you dog think that's going to happen? Brian. Yeah. You know how pissed Brian off I would be if that dog. happened. I'd be like, What the? Get, come over here. Let me get a hold of you. A dog would be like, <laughs> Brian's a dog. Like a shih tzu. Like a Shetland pony? <laughs> <laughs> like, that would be my luck. <laughs> Sending the chihuahua for John. Get out of here, robot. You bother me. Blow right. my house up. Battle Royale predicted rising teen crime and school degradation in Japan. The stereotype is often that Japanese society has obedient students, youngsters who work for straight A's and cannot accept failure at any cost. Right now, though... That is simply not the case. Teenage violence and the incidence of collapse classes throughout Japan are steadily on the rise, which has only happened in the last few decades. Back in the 90s, one novel seemed to see this coming. Battle Royale, which was written in 1997, showed a Japanese culture ravaged by teen violence and a lack of respect for education. Of course, the government responds by instituting a kind of horrifying game in which students kill each other. Uh, thank goodness that has not happened yet. 
But the robots aren't here yet either. John? Uh, would the robots be the judges? And like you have to like level up through the game? What about robot teenage Japanese children? Ooh. <laughs> like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Aaron's already ordered We five. crossed the streams. We crossed the streams. No. <laughs> Aaron's already looking for that one. <laughs> <laughs> We're all eating food from the island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, God. John, did... Brian, did we see that one yes. together? I hated that. that movie oh was my so gosh. We saw that at Dixie. I literally got done with it and was like, what? WTF. When, he, when he pops out his little guy, his little, like. Yeah. Look what look, I made. Not Scarface. Say hello to my little friend. No, no. Um, I just I have, don't. I don't understand how you even get that. Like how that version of it even gets to the production floor. Have you seen the documentary about oh, it? No. There's a documentary insane. about how the whole production was just completely bonkers. Like really? they fired the original director, and he like hit off on the island, like sabotaging it. <laughs> yeah. And, and and like, oh. uh, what's his name? Marlon Brando. Brando was really insane. Is this on Netflix? Val um, Kilmer was kind it, of insane. On it. it was. It's been on like all. It's like goes to all of them. Oh, I know okay. it's been on uh, Prime, and I have to check that one out. The the best parts were Faruza Balk's like this script is horrible and I don't like it. And, and Marlon Brando's like, shh, 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 you're just here to look pretty, okay? Don't think about it. <laughs> uh, one thing that happens in the island of Doctor Moreau besides Val Kilmer feeding food off his tongue to animal people is some seriously weird genetic engineering. In particular, the good doctor modified sheep and other animals sometimes just by sewing bodies together. However, the fact remains that this book. Written all the way back in 1896, predicted that we would genetically modify animals for food and for science. Even a century later, H.G. Wells kind of had a knack for this sort of thing. Um, I, I have heard that they uh, they genetically beef up the cows now. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, you've I seen mean, them kangaroos, right? Those kangaroos, those kangaroos, kangaroos are like jacked. Kangaroo will kill you. So one where one was attacking a dog and guy got out there and got he a just boxing punched match. it and he was then he like realized what he did and that kangaroo's just like kangaroo's like did you really just do that I'm part robot he just walks away I'm it's from so Boston you hear his friends in the background again he's Australian he's like I don't be busting with it the dog's off the dog's off and you see a dog running this guy walks up and he's like pat pat and he's got like this yeah. like throws a haymaker at and this. the and the kangaroo it's almost like the kangaroo's like what because he lands a, he lands a and solid. Because the new computer program was updating. All right. Like, oh, this so, is what happens uh, let's now. Let's do this. Uh, does anybody have any other dystopian uh, novel movies that they've seen that they could see similar things happening in the future? Giant Mnemonic really seems like it's more probable. Like, I, I, Will there ever be implantable computer hard drives i think so i think that they're already using different implantable devices for people that have had you know um amputations mm-hmm. so they've had you know there's chips that correspond to, from the brain to a you know a, a prosthetic arm um i think the level of corporate espionage has been going on forever and ever they're just not you know putting it into uh Keanu Reeves' head at this point, but I think that's a. I think Do you a, think on another Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves level? I don't think we're in the Matrix, Tim. No, no. Do you ever think we'll ever, ever have that Matrix technology where they can just download something into your head and you'll know how to do it? I know Kung Fu. Yeah, exactly. Uh, download, I, no, but I mean, you can learn everything no. through YouTube. Yeah. But the the brain is way too complicated, I think, for us to quite comprehend yet. Now, We're still Aaron, miles away from understanding. You it. and I both read that article about the the how they can shock your brain to make certain 
like uh, synapses fire to make you do things more excellent. Don't you remember that article? Did you? I do that? not. So but, I read okay. this article, uh, <laughs> and we're going way off base, but hey, you know that's how we roll. Uh, there was this lady that went to this testing site in California, and they had her do like a um, like she was in uh, like a desert storm type war feeling and so she had the gun and she had to shoot the enemies and they did all this stuff and she did terrible at it and they did it again but they had her hooked up where she was receiving like these electric pulses the entire time and she said it went really fast and she thought they like stopped it short and turns out she did the whole thing again with being shocked with like those small pulses and she did it like completely accurate and so what they figured out is that they can send like electric waves to your brain and your your brain will then start following that same wave over and over and it kind of creates this streamlined effect where you can like do things more efficiently and effectively it's a it's kind of a repetition without yeah. being repetitious right yeah. it, it tricks the brain into doing it yeah. it's kind of crazy uh any other dystopian stuff guys yeah i got one and this is kind of a running joke on the internet that the Simpsons predicts everything, but I, I want to bring up one episode in particular uh, called Margin Chains. The The episode starts with a virus coming from Japan and affecting everybody in Springfield. They release murder bees halfway through the episode, and then the episode ends with them tearing down a statue of Jimmy uh, Carter and starting a riot. And those are all History's three things monster. that... <laughs> that happened in 2020. We had the virus, the riots, the beast, or murder we hornets, whatever. We didn't down a Jimmy Carter statue. Well, but they ripped People down statues and started... I'm just saying that it was eerily similar to everything that happened in yeah. one year, in one episode of... So The Simpsons, Simpsons is a dystopian cartoon? Well, just, Mr. Burns controls everybody? Pretty um, much. Okay. Let's not forget Idiocracy. Mm, That's happened. Oh, That's happening. gosh. Have you seen that one, Brian? I don't think so. Oh my gosh! It's not a great movie. You shut your mouth. It is a wonderful. Have to film. say that is an awesome movie. <laughs> like you have to turn your brain off almost, but in doing so, you realize that's what they're trying to get us to do now: is to basically turn our brains off. And uh, it's wild how so many things I are accurate. See it, but I hadn't, I had never seen it yet. Um. Hector Macho Camacho. The uh, president is a reality TV star slash wrestler. adult film star slash wrestler. Yeah. Played by Terry Crews. We can't be that far from. We really can't be. Just All right, I got one more. Charlie, I'm going to have to lean on your expertise. You know, I have a problem, like, accessing my memory a lot of times. That's all that marijuana of you smoke. I've <laughs> seen Demolition Man. Yes. And I... And I was reading something the other day that says a lot of things that Demolition Man kind of hinted or predicted have actually mm-hmm. came true. Cancel culture is a big one. Yes, that was um, the big that, one. That's the one that sticks with me most. Um, I know the seashells haven't came true. No, darn it. Well, technically, actually, yes, because the bidet is now very is more common in people's homes. Mm, um, but yeah, um, uh, Taco Bell is not considered fine dining at this point. But on the flip side of that. Was mentioned earlier, people are Mexican super duper excited pizza. about Mexican pizza. So yeah. yeah, there you go. I want a bidet. I'm gonna get one. Do you really? I want one of those you buy on Amazon. You know, you I got a friend that's toilet. got a bidet. That... I just 
Do you do you really really want a bidet? No, nah, I'm just gonna drag that garden hose through the. <laughs> that's the south end. That's the south end bidet. Yeah, my dad. My Turn dad. it on. Electric tank. I, I use a uh, air compressor. <laughs> I get my poop off at 400 psi. <laughs> Blow a hole in the toilet, <laughs> but it's worth it. My dad got me a three and a half inch round uh, garden hose. I'm just gonna bring it into the window and just get in the shower. Just blow water out my mouth. <laughs> well, if you've enjoyed this podcast, <laughs> you are sick. Well, you're hopefully a loyal listener and you'll stick with us. But check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Anchor, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to podcasts. Check us out. And as always, I am sorry, Brent. And we think we're going to catch you later, but depending on dystopian society, we may not. Aaron. We forgot Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> go, Aaron. Go fast. Alita Battle Angel, they predicted we'd play rollerblading games and sports and, uh, uh, yeah.